It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's a, that's a great point that he brings up about Bernie because Bernie was a football was savant. A, he, he was, was also, and he was usually right. And he was a leader. That's the thing. I mean, that's what I, I watched the show yesterday. I actually listened to the show, which was a, a different experience, especially when you guys are just uh, reacting to GIFs while I'm listening to a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'll bet that one was funny. Uh, so that was a good experience. But, no, I, I, you guys are talking about a lack of leadership, and that's really what it felt yeah. like. There was nobody who stepped up in that locker room. I would kill to have somebody like that. Well, he said, he said something clear, too, because – there's checks and balances here. So when that play came in from the sideline, Jacoby could have said, because you're a leader. Now, I don't care if it's only for 11 games. You're yeah. a leader here. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, hold on. He could have said, oh, by the way, right, this well, is the play minute, call. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Fall down on the one if right. you get the opportunity. Right. Yep. We're right. Gonna, where was that guy? Yeah. What's up, Mikey? We got to do what the internet says real quick before we get to Aditi, and this will we'll run through it quickly. But as always, when we bring you what the internet says, it's brought to us by... PCC Airfoils. Oh, Looking nice. for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. Yes, they are. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all mm-hmm. positions starting $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and signing bonuses. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. PCC is such a lonely word. <laughs> That's for you, Steve. Old, old Billy Joel for now on, baby. Wow, we're going old Joel. All right. <laughs> the greatest. He's uh, been he doing it for a while, and yeah. Steve took a shot at him yesterday yeah. in the text chat. All say, Billy Joel. Is, is, it, is it only Billy Joel? Is he's that all best. you know? Yeah. He's, the best. Uh, he's a New Yorker. Maybe I'll throw you a little Huey Lewis on the news next so time. So we're going to run through this in <laughs> less than 90 seconds so we can get to a DD. But okay, great. the question we asked the internet was on Steelers Hate Week, Who's your least favorite Steeler of all time? Ooh, don't make me pick. A lot of similar answers, but oh, let's get to the first green. one here, Anthony. Lambert. This from Joe. It's Ben. It's not close. Mm-hmm. Second, Lambert. Joey Porter, oh, yeah. cheap shot artist. I hate Joey. And third, yeah. Mike Polk. This is right up your alley. Uh huh. That's like deciding what to eat at Long John Silver's. It doesn't matter. They all leave a bad taste in your mouth. All right, <laughs> so. don't disgrace hush puppies like that. But I understand what you're saying. That's a good point. <laughs> That, those are obvious choices, but yeah. there are so oh, many. Yeah. Hines Ward was Joe the Green, other one Lambert. that had a lot of. Hines Ward, Lambert, James yeah. Harrison, Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw. Yep, you can't hate Lynn Swan. He's just too nice a guy. Someone put Jerome Bettis. I didn't know anyone hated Jerome. Nah, Bettis. Jerome's too nice. What is James Harrison doing right now? Can we bring him in as like a like some kind of a coach to scare the hell out of these twenty-two year old kids? Kent, he yeah. went to Kent State, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, bring him in. I would say Harrison, Joey Porter, Bradshaw, and Ben are all in my top five. Yeah. Speaking of bringing people in, let's yeah, bring too. in Aditi, who was on the sideline for Sunday's whatever you want to call that. Antonio Brown, months. I hate him too. Aditi. Aditi, you, we're talking Hi, about Aditi. Steelers, Steelers that we hate. Steelers that we hate. You can Aditi, who's go you, ahead. Wait, who's wait, the top I've five Steelers you hate? I just got off the phone. Can I call you back? Yo, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Tell them we're doing so top five. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski, Kevin so Stefanski was on her other phone. in case. Let me ask you a question. I didn't hear Mikey say he was coming to me. Was that Kevin Stefanski on the phone trying to decide if they should run out of bounds or take a knee? Like for, okay. so for the smartest guy in the room, he's got to get a clue. He's got to get a clue. Adam, yeah. Adam, yeah. you're up two touchdowns with two minutes to go. You really thinking that you're going to cough up that lead? Of course not, but it doesn't matter. If they're the smartest team and analytics is what they do, they should know that if you take a knee, the game's over, 100%. Just because I don't even a- think... Look, we saw this That's a year ago. Bill told Nick Chubb to do it, and Nick Chubb runs out at the one-yard line, and gamblers everywhere are devastated. Who cares about gamblers? F those people. All of that. Like, yeah. I just don't even think that entered their mind. It was well, that, such a slugfest. Exactly. I mean, when I tell you that that game, it just, you know, the first week came down to a 58-yard field goal which was kind of crazy because the Browns had dominated that game. That's not at all what this game was. There was, it's like there was not a moment to kind of sit and breathe easy in any way. This was, you heard Joe Flacco tell me after the game that it was just like all game long, every single snap was a battle in some ways. I just, I think that 
to sit here and scapegoat Nick Chubb is just absurd and ridiculous. That's not what I'm blaming Nick Chubb. I'm not blaming Nick Chubb. I'm blaming Stefanski. This is not scapegoating. Uh, obviously, <laughs> listen, not, it's, it's mostly on the defense. The defense was disgusting. They were embarrassing. They were horrible in this entire game, not just at the end, particularly horrible at the end. But, yes, Kevin Stefanski, he's the head coach. He needs to, to know if we get a first down, we take a knee, we win the game. I know it's unusual. I know teams don't do it. But let's be ahead of the curve and be smart. Nick Chubb did it a couple of years ago in a game, and it was smart. Okay, I mean, it's That's a point. It. It's fair. But you know what I'm really curious about that I yeah. still haven't gotten an answer on? What was the snap on the PAT and what was the hold? Not the snap, but the hold. What was the hold on the PAT? Did, For as money as Cade York is, how does he miss that extra point? Aditi, I, I was going to ask you that. Was there a piece of the operation that didn't go well? So I was going to ask you that because that was a big piece of the game that got lost in the overall picture. Yes. Yeah. From my view, which was the television camera, to me, there was a was someone that came in almost unblocked from the left side, which would be the camera left or TV left. And to me, it looked like he was going to block that kick if Cade York split the uprights. So Cade, and I don't know, I was hoping somebody had asked him after the game. It looked to me like, and, and he would be intimately aware of him because he can see him coming. It looked to me like he went for the right upright to kick it on a trajectory where the guy coming in clean wouldn't have an opportunity to block the kick. That's just mm. my take. I'm wondering what anybody else saw and if that was even discussed after the game because it looked like... You know, the angle that I blocked. had, obviously, because I was on the sideline, I didn't see that piece of it. I didn't see a replay of it. The way, the way the game went and it was so fast, I do know that, as you know, in the booth is Jay Feely, who's the expert of all things sure. kicking and special teams related. And he had told us before week one that... There's some very interesting statistics about Bohorquez as the holder for kickers before he was their holder and after he was their holder. And that prompted me to very specifically ask Kevin Stefanski about the holding job that Bohorquez has done just because Jay Feely brought that to my attention, that that's just as much a part of missed kicks as anything. So I'm just saying that the fact that Cade York, who's as money as they come, missed a extra point there's probably something more there too and to the entire game it's not just the miscommunication on the secondary it's not just kevin stefanski thinking to tell his offense hey maybe we don't want to score here if you get down to the one yard line it's not just the p you know it's 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 a series of what's that book it's a series of unfortunate circumstances and at the end of the day it's just never putting away a team that fought so 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 hard I do think it's unfair to say he's as money as they come. It's only a second game in the NFL. I mean, he was great in college, but that doesn't matter. We think he's going to be his money, but you're right. It was, it was, it, it, in the end, it's, it's an incredible six or seven, like, insane plays that had to go against him for this, for, for this to happen. But here's my general issue. But that's with, what football is. Can I just interrupt for a second? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly please. what football is. I mean, how many coaches have you heard say it's a fine line between winning and losing or it comes down to three plays? You just never know which those three plays are. I mean, Mike yes, Tomlin sure. tried to do that this week saying, oh, if Cam Sutton doesn't drop this interception and if Gunnar Ol- Olszewski or I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, sorry, if he doesn't muff that punt, if, yeah. you know, if these three things don't happen, he's like, oh, we beat the Patriots. Okay, well, those three things happened and you didn't right. beat the Patriots. So... But what do you he, want to – I mean, that's what the game is. But here's the thing. You're right, 100%. It's not college football. NFL games, they're mostly close, unless you're the Bills right now or just the first two weeks are <laughs> just killing everybody. That, that game was ridiculous yesterday. But anyway, my beef with Kevin Stefanski, and I have mostly been pro-Kevin Stefanski, and I still am. I don't want him fired. I'm not being a lunatic, anything like that. But here's my problem with Kevin Stefanski right now as I look at his whole time here in Cleveland. Because, first of all, I'm not going to compare him to the coaches before him because he's had good talent here, and the coaches before him in Cleveland had no talent. So that's not fair to put him up on a pedestal because these other coaches had no talent. But my problem with Kevin Stefanski is so many games have either been lost late or have been made close late because it seems like they take their foot off the gas or they don't have that killer instinct. And when you look at, like, I like that Kevin, for the most part, that Kevin is kind of, He's chill, right? He's not screaming and yelling any of that stuff. But if he's not going to do that, 
they need to have somebody that does because Miles Garrett is mild-mannered and Anthony Walker is mild-mannered and Denzel Ward is mild-mannered and Nick Chubb is mild Like, Can I have one guy that's going to grab everybody by the face mask and say, straighten the bleep out here? We need to have one you guy. You know, like I have that, to tell we? you, actually, there was, there was a penalty late and I yeah. did see Kevin Stefanski actually lose his mind. <laughs> I Good. saw him get really angry Good. and I made him go to bed. I just pull out my notebook. I actually wrote it down because I was like, oh my God, like that's emotion right there. That's anger. Right. We I don't, that. I think that, you know what? You talk about putting your foot on the gas. Yeah. If you take out those two minutes, the offense did put its foot on the gas. Look at what the Browns did ultimately score at the end of the game. Look at what they did produce in that fourth quarter. So the they defense, weren't though. suddenly getting. But the defense always lets up at the end. Not to lose. The Browns Excuse always me? suck. For, the, I'm sorry, Didi. The Browns always suck fourth quarter defense. They they oh, Their fourth quarter defense stinks. It happened last I mean, week. look, to me, this is yeah. just the most obvious, stupid thing. I tweeted this yesterday, and it's funny because yeah. it's what Jesse Bates told me a year ago. Uh, Jesse Bates, of course, from the Bengals secondary, and the secondary was playing so well. And Jesse said, it's about communicating and over-communicating. And he openly said to me, he said, if you don't see us talking back there, we're in trouble. And... This Brown secondary has spent the entire camp talking about how well they know each other. And even though Grant Delpit didn't start last year, he played so much. And these guys are on the same page. And they have such great chemistry. And they know each other so well. And blah, blah, blah. It's almost as if they took a little bit for granted when really it takes, what, three seconds to say, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. Okay, guys, right? Like, just say it. Even if you think it's the most obvious thing, just say it and make sure. And I think that that lesson has been learned. I also think it's interesting because, you know, I asked Joe Flacco this. I asked him on Saturday. I said, after they gave up those two big pass plays, did you see something that you think they're vulnerable to, that they're susceptible to? Flacco just gave me kind of this smile. And then after the game, I said, hey, I asked you this. You smiled at me. And he said, yeah, we saw what we wanted to see. I mean, to Joe Flacco for Christ. Joe Flacco! Aditi, you know this Steelers team better Fired than up. almost anybody. And that's a gift for us right now because we can just straight up ask you. You know, they're dinged up. TJ Watt's out. They went from having seven sacks in the first game to zero sacks in the second game. First of all, how's that affecting the team? And secondly, what, how, are you, how do you approach this Steelers team right now if you are the Browns? What are their weak spots? How do you attack them right out of the gate? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So make your points count, obviously. Make your drives count. I think starting the game and scoring and starting the game hot and keeping your foot on the gas and all of those same cliches, they matter because this offense, this Steelers offense, has, I mean, I don't know what to say about it other than it's been putrid. It's not establishing, it's not you can say enforcing it its will on anybody. It's not establishing the run game. They're not making any tough catches across the middle. They're only throwing outside. They're throwing short of the first down marker constantly. Um, George Pickens, who may just be the best receiver in this entire draft class, has, hasn't even been used, has barely been targeted. Look at what another rookie, Garrett Wilson, just did in his second game. And it's as if the Steelers forgot that they have George Pickens on their roster. So awesome. the Steelers mm-hmm. haven't opened anything up yet. And I can tell you this, in Pittsburgh right now, people are screaming for offensive coordinator Matt Canada's head. And a year ago, we were moaning about this offense, and we thought that it was just the limitations of 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, who didn't have time to throw behind an awful offensive line and could only dump balls off. But now you've got Mitch Trubisky, who absolutely can move, who could get on the move, who can roll out, and he's still doing the same thing, throwing short of the first down marker. So he's not any good. This isn't a high-flying offense. No. So, so impose your will and the defense. Just clean up that communication stuff. So, so the, I mean, I don't – look, the Steelers didn't have a single sack this past weekend. I was on the radio in Pittsburgh yesterday, and I said in some ways that's almost more alarming. This is a team that has the highest paid defense in the NFL. This is a defense that has game breakers all over it. It's not just TJ Watt. It's Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick. And they 
you know, are, feel so strongly about that being their calling card and you don't sack Mac Jones once, you don't sack, you don't sack an offense that Greg Bedard went on. Greg Bedard has covered the Patriots for 20 years. He went on the radio in Pittsburgh last week and he said he has never seen a worse offense, a more inept offense in those 20 years of covering the Patriots than this one. And the Steelers couldn't get home even once. And I think also lost in all of this is that outside that final interception, Jacoby Brissett had a really good game. Great game. He spread the ball around well. Amari Cooper got going. Nobody could cover Amari Cooper. And that was the case week one, too. But Amari Cooper's production week one was almost in drawing those penalties. <laughs> this was he had 101 yards, nine catches. Looks yeah. so great. He and Brissett clearly on the same page. Nick Chubb doing Nick Chubb things. Getting hotter just as the game goes on. And Kareem Hunt once again proving that he could be a starter, as Adam says, on just about 20, 25 teams yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. No doubt. So, I mean, these... this is an offense that did indeed play well and needs yeah. to continue doing what it's doing. And the defense needs to clean it. You know, the defense talked a lot about how after finishing top five a year ago, the goal this year is to be a number one defense. And there's a lot of talk of the goal is to be a number one defense. And we think we have the pieces to do it. And we know each other so well. And we're all back in the system. Okay, we'll do the simple things. Well, like the me, talk let, is good. Do the simple things. Communicate me, and over communicate. Let, let me let me tell you so that uh, I agree with you. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers obviously have their woes, uh, but it is of no concern of us over here because we have ours right now. <laughs> and I will tell you that as a player, the one thing that counts in the, in the locker room is this accountability, right? So yeah. when we get when we get to the game, the, the clock management that solely falls on the, the coaches. It does. Somebody has to manage the game, right? Period. Right. And then the other right. thing, when it doesn't happen in this business, you have to hold people accountable. I, I, I asked Leroy that question. I did not get the answer. I wanted. who is holding people accountable over there, right? Because if there is no accountability, then you can by closing, squinting your eyes. You think I did a hell of a job today. Yes, I did when you sucked. Right. And then the problem here is that Aditi, everybody here saw it. And then they went on the defensive rant yesterday that wasn't me. I didn't do it. Denzel right? Ward. Right, everybody said that. Miles right? Garrett blaming the and yelling it's at fans. It's okay to have a bad day, right? But don't sit up here and tell me you didn't have a bad day when we all saw you, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but so, okay. So, so let me say who was holding that accountable? Okay, let me say a few things here. One, this is classic frustration. This is this nonsense that you hear in a losing locker room. Okay, or in a yeah. locker room that has just lost. It's the same in Pittsburgh. You had people questioning what they're doing offensively. You had Mitch Trubisky and Deontay Johnson and, you know, all this sort of there was bickering in the huddle and et cetera. So this is classic what you're seeing there. What I will say is there is indeed accountability in that building. Why did Perry on Winfrey not get a hat? And why was Perry on Winfrey not practicing? From what I believe to be true or from what I've been told, it's really not a big deal at all. But that's what accountability looks like because every little thing matters. So what's happening inside the building is not necessarily what's being seen publicly. And that's the third thing I'll say. One of the coolest parts of this job as a sideline reporter is that you really learn so much more than you ever knew before. Part of that is the honesty that you get out of players and coaches in production meetings, things that they tell you to inform your broadcast so you don't say wrong things and that you perhaps may not use, but that gives you context about a variety of things. And part of that is actually standing behind the bench during the game and actually seeing what a coach says to a player or what a player says to a player. Now, some of that you can't ever report, you can't ever publicly say, but two games in to this role, the feeling that I have is, my goodness, there is so much you don't know as an outside reporter. Like you think you know, you think that you have your finger on the pulse of things, but holy cow, is there a lot that you don't actually know? So just because publicly, would I like to have seen Denzel Ward say something different yesterday? Yes, of course. Would I have liked Miles Garrett to say something differently? Of course. But just because that's what's being said outside doesn't necessarily mean that's what's happening inside the building, inside those meetings. And the other thing I would say is that it's very easy to point to somebody and say, this person shouldn't have done this. 
Jacoby Brissett shouldn't have spiked the ball at the end of the Panthers game like that. Okay, but there was something else that happened there that I'm not privy to tell you to explain why he was forced to do that. And even though Jacoby would have been the GOAT had that pen, would, sorry, yes, GOAT, not as in greatest of all time, but the GOAT <laughs> would have been the scapegoat yeah. had that not gone the Browns' way. He completely was not at fault on that play. You're right. I, it's just the reality. We don't know everything. That, that's very and, true, Aditi. Um, and I, I think anybody that's covered the sport knows that there are situations that are completely, in reality, completely different than what the perception was and even sometimes what the players will publicly acknowledge to the media. But right. here's a question that I have for you that I'm, I'm sure they're asking this question over in Berea today trying to figure this out. In the preseason game against Philly, you had a world-class runner sprinter get behind the defense and you know you're like okay it's preseason it's not a big deal right then in right. in in Carolina we saw that happen on multiple occasions where there were clear breakdowns you don't even have to be inside the locker room or know what the play call was you just know something went wrong whether it was a player or the wrong hand signal or whatever there were missed coverages, particularly in the fourth quarter. This is their trademark now. It's happened in back-to-back games. They've allowed 17 points. And then again on Sunday, we saw it. Just inexplicable lapses in either judgment or uh, communication or whatever. And then Denzel yesterday brought up the green sticker issue. Explain to fans what he was talking about, what's going on there, and are they perhaps going to change their process because clearly this isn't a one-off once is a problem or you know once can happen twice is a problem but three times is a trend we're in the trend trend. area we're in the trend area what's going on internally either with the green sticker or with the hand signals how are they fixing that in your view I, well, I don't, I don't know how, but I think they are fixing. That's the point. I think that all of this is being addressed right now and good or bad, they have such a short turnaround. So there's not a lot of time to stew. There's only time to do. So obviously, to your point, I mean, I completely agree. There are issues that need to be addressed. It's not a one-off. It's not, okay, that was just one brain fart. Let's let it go. It's now a trend. It is now an issue, and it is something that needs to be addressed. We, we just saw so that this week. We, we oh, just saw that. Tweet. Did, yeah, five. Did you see those numbers? I, uh, yeah. Five blown coverages. Five blown coverages yards, for over 200 yards. Team. The next closest team has two blown coverages for 79 yards. That's a five-alarm blaze. They have a problem. That's not a spark. Yeah, it's got to be fixed immediately. That, 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 and that's the reason we'll that, they, that they lost on Sunday. Clearly, it's Fortunately, but that, you know Trubisky what? It's not, and, it's, it's not – that's not news to them. Joe Woods was very, very aware of that. And in fact, in our Friday meeting, he made a point of saying, look, against the Panthers, we only gave up 261 yards or whatever is 260 yards and 200 of them. I I think it was actually 202 of them came on five plays. And then he said there were two pass plays that were 120 yards. So almost 121, something like that. Almost yeah, but that's half like of the saying, team Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the so play? He knew it. He was aware of it, but again, maybe just his players were, you know, this is, you love to say that you learn from a win. The best place to learn is from a win, but sometimes you need to lose to learn, to actually get it in your head, to actually have it stick, to actually have it say, you know what, we can't take this for granted, or this is hubris or whatever it is. Right. So again, I mean, I think, look, this game Thursday, it's like, when the ship isn't sailing right, what better, what better than to face your rival? What better than to face a division foe? What better than to do it on the massive stage of Thursday night? And Amazon has turned it into an even bigger stage. You want to hear something crazy? I was told that Amazon asked for 350 credentials. Jay Feely was telling me that the last time CBS had a Super Bowl. CBS was doing the Super Bowl and asked for 100 credentials. Wow. And supposedly Amazon, for this Thursday game, is credentialing three times that number. Gosh, That's 4K. how big and the, the game's Amazon... In 4K. TNF production is. Mm, it's, no, that's, it's nuts. They did a what great job. They week, did a great quick, job. First, first one out of the box. What'd you say? What game you got real quick? 
Uh, so I'm going to come on Thursday, oh, okay. and I will this week actually be in New England. I'm doing Ravens Patriots, and that's pregame for CBS Sportsnet. I'm uh-huh. back on the sideline next week for Eagles Jaguars. Jaguars Eagles, surprising that's Jaguars. A good game, yeah. Doug yeah. Peterson. Yeah. Eagles look great yeah. last night. All okay, right, thanks, Didi, Didi. thank you. Very, very great. Insight. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Didi. All right. See you next All week. Right. Bye. Yeah. Um, that when I watched that prime game, that first one, I really did think you ever, you've had that feeling where you see people turning on color TV for the first time yeah. and being like things change just now. Yeah, I think I'm watching 4K, 4K and oh. streaming. It's going to move to both awesome. those things. Yeah. It's We're awesome. Not, the days of us uh, wait, like dealing with cable and stuff like that are almost over. It, the NFL is going to move in that direction within like two years. What's funny is when you watch a game uh, like a highlight clip from Sander Def, just yeah. say the cardiac kids or, yep. you know, the 89 Browns. Yeah. Oh, you can't even read the, so num- the names yeah. on the b- back of their jersey. Yep. Right. Now you can see the beads of sweat right. on their face. Right. Now, the NFL's, 4K looks like you're actually at the it game. It does. Right? And NFL's <laughs> going to probably, su- I would say within a couple of years, they're going to be like, why are we sharing this with Amazon? They're going to start their own streaming service and we will all be like slaves to them on their streaming team. And Unreal. we'll all pay for it. That's the worst yeah. part. Mm. That's probably how it's going to go. Well, they've been, re- you know, a little hesitant to go to the pay They're model. nipping around the. I'll pay for that. Yep. Right. I, I, give me that Absolutely. for every game. Especially I'll if I can get them all 4K. And if you yeah. don't, and, or or we'll load it up with ads. That's the other thing. What kind of an experience do you want? Do you want no ads? Do you want commentary? Right. Make yeah. it cheaper for people. Cheaper to, you for know. people who can't afford, yeah. you know, and you got to sit through the ads, I guess, which is, that's how, honestly, capitalism works. So I guess that's yeah. sort of how it's going to yeah. go. And but the, yeah, the the, the broadcast, and I thought Al Michaels and Kirk, we talked about this awesome. last Friday. Phenomenal. But it's like they've worked together their entire lives. And like, I love that, like, you know, sometimes I'll DVR the game just in case I got to go to the bathroom or whatever. So it's like I pause it here. But when it's on streaming, you, you don't just go to... back and you can do it. Exactly. And you go to any point in the game. Exactly. Instantly. It's awesome. Yep. It's fantastic. Yeah. I know. It really is great. Scary. Uh, um, we got good bet, bad bet yep. real quick, and then we'll bring in Jen for our first trivia okay, Steelers great. Browns edition. Awesome. Uh, let's see the standings updated after Monday Night Football, and we do have a number one leader in the clubhouse. It's one Jason Lloyd. Ooh. He's one game ahead of J and G. He's getting buried. Polk, you didn't send your bets in, so you took three L's yesterday. Ah, well. Oof, uh, oh, for not doing it. J- Even funny. Jason looks surprised that he's winning. <laughs> oh, me? That's great. All right. All right. So real quick, yeah. Let's go. Let's cut right to the next one. I believe it's Jay's yeah. card first. We have five prop bets on the offensive side for the game. All right. Jay took the under wow. on five. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you under why. Across and, the board. And I, I did it. And we, and we got to be quick here. We got. I, we all got to be quick I'll be, here. I'll be 30 seconds. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just not buying this team right now. I'm not buying it. Um, there's a lot that needs fixed, and I mean, Brissett had a great game and threw for what 227. Right. Um. So I'm just I, I was and I was just bitter when I did it. So I'm like, nope, they're not doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nope, they're not doing that. No, I have no faith no. in you for anything. Angry no, bits. no, angry bits. So yeah. There you go. Angry bits. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong on all of them. But Brad, you took the over for three of them yeah. for longest rush, for reception yards, and for Njoku. Why, why those three? Well, uh, I think they're going to continue uh, with. Chubb. It says me, but it had go Grant back. Pictures. Go back to that. We, go we back know. to that. Chubb, oh, okay. Chubb is going to run. We're for imperfect graphics system Chubb, here, guys. Chubb, you got to understand. <laughs> Chubb is going to run for what he runs for. I think they keep going to Cooper, and I think they're going to about Njoku. I think it's pretty basic and simple, right? Yeah. Everything was working except for the last two minutes of the game, mm-hmm. and I and I will go back to this again. Game is not played. Football is not played in uh, 58 minutes. It's a 60-minute game. That's right. Basketball is a 48-minute game. It's not a 44-minute game. It's not right. You play it all the way out. To play the every end. second. To like the it's end. the only one in the we game. Got for Mike. Polk, you took the over for first downs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, gambling, Mike. They had 29 last game. They're gambling. only mm-hmm. 20 is the 20 and a half is the line here. So. Yeah, I think like normal, it'll just be a mix of them disappointing me and them surprising me in different areas. And so those are the areas <laughs> that I think they'll disappoint me in. Those are those areas that I think that they might surprise me. And it's their turn. That's why I went with it. And Bull, let's see yours. You took yep. the over for longest rush for Chubb. You also took the over in first downs under on the other three. Yeah, the over on the first downs is I'm feeling good about that one mm-hmm. because the Browns are not a quick strike team which means they methodically move the ball down the field, which means they get more first downs. I think they will move the ball. I think it'll be a ton through the uh, on the ground. I couldn't go with the percent yards. As Jay said, he was only like 15 over it last week, and that's his best yeah, game play. I just feel like it's going to be a, an evenly balanced passing game, not, nobody getting too many yards this game. And I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to combine for a ton of yardage against the Steelers. Amen. 
Yep. Awesome. So we wanted to hit Jen Matthews at 1230. It is 1230 on the dot. Jen exactly. Matthews now joins us for our first Good producing, Mikey. Yeah. of Brown Steelers. There she is. Hey. She's our quiz master today. Hi, Jen. Reunited and it feels so good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. See how well we know. Hey, the trivia. Know. Go ahead. Am I like sub, am I like subpar here? When do I get one of these ultimate Cleveland sports show shirts? Dr. Mikey. I will. Yeah, I got you, Jen. Don't worry, I got you. McNuggets got is you. the keeper okay. of the shirts. All right. Well, I got you. See, it will look better on her than me, but uh, there you go. It will. There you go. <laughs> See, the advertising's already working, though. Yeah. See, it's people are loving yeah. the shirts. Yeah, you're right. So let's go. We're gonna Get make real shirts. push for the merch right here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like That's that. Right. I like that. So, uh, uh, Jen, before we start, I explained at the top of the show what we're gonna do when you're on, and you're gonna be on every other week. You're going to basically be the Alex Trebek for the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, you're going to ask trivia questions of games from the past between the Browns and their opponent that week. And this week is the Steelers. And I thought, well, wow, we should do really well on that. Those games have been so memorable. But Mikey McNugget said that these questions, he doesn't know that we're going to get a single one right. <laughs> so I don't know if he's underestimating Jason our knowledge. Or four. If Jason these are really hard. All right. No, I have more faith in you guys. All I right. okay. Well, I, well, there's four brains here. We think we should be able to come up with the right answer. Yeah, let's. Do we have game show yeah. music for this? Do you Buzzers? want the game show music for trivia? We'll go dramatic I don't know. today. Whoa, this is like well produced, Mikey. You're just the man. Okay, so what are you know, I'm gonna ask the question. You guys are gonna get a group answer. Okay, one, a group consensus, and we will see where we are at. Wait, All right, we're ready. You bet. Let's do it. Let's take okay. it. Okay. All right. Question one. How many quarterbacks started a game for the Browns during the Ben oh, Roethlisberger oh period, which would be 2004 to 2021? Now, how many have, quarterbacks started a game for the Browns? Did it exactly right? All right. Yes. Um, so, okay. Does it include games he may have missed during that time? Do we know? Yes. Okay. Just his time. Yeah. All right, so that's what, 17 years? I got 19. So that's 34 games? No. 17. No, because it's four, you have no. to count four and 21. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. I got 19. It's, uh. Can it we is, even do the math here? That's 17 years. It is not just against Pittsburgh, it is just in totality. 17 years, right? right 17 oh, years. wait. That's, that's years. what we're doing? Yeah. yeah. How many quarterbacks started a game for the Browns during the Ben oh, Roth? Oh, oh, it's 18, it's 18 years, I think, actually. Oh, during that whole, yeah, not yeah, just yeah, against the Steelers. No, the whole time. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And Roethlisberger's tenure, so it doesn't right. matter who they oh. play. So what, let's throw a number at the start. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm thinking probably 23. I said 19. I I actually lean more. 22. I think leaning. In, I think in between there. I'd go in between those. You want to go 21? I want to go in between two. 21. Okay, 21. Now, do we have to get it right? It's almost impossible to get this right on. The I told number. you these are really hard. You guys laughed. He said, "Oh, it's not too right, easy." Go, no, you know, go, 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 go twenty-one. Let's go twenty-one. We roll the dice on twenty-one. All right, let's Lucky go twenty-one 20. again. All right, you guys are close, but uh, the answer twenty-eight. Oh my god, that's, that's even worse. We that's, not, that's not close. <laughs> I, we we were terrible on that. That's, right. that's our fault. That, no, actually, you were you were leaning the right way, and then you let the guys talk you into going back down. And so, we were yeah. terrible. That, that was bad. That was I think I really thought that they uh, went through some more early on from the '99 to the 2004. I thought we had some rapid success yeah, but, there. But then when you think about it, but the couch started a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so that that's I, that was our fault. That was a terrible job. It was a terrible job out of us. Really, really. Just say how bad the quarterbacks were. Just to warm up, you guys are going to get it. I believe. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Very kind. We are ready. Okay, since the Browns returned to Cleveland in 1999. In the year 199. AD. That's actually my fault, guys. I'm not Anthony. That's on me. Funny, though. Since the Browns returned to Cleveland in 1999, how many times have they beaten the Steelers? Six, maybe. Five, I don't even think six. it's that many. So to think what the record was, what Ben's record was right. against Cleveland. Now we like, know there were two. There were two in twenty-one. Right. We know that there was. Or in twenty, we didn't was, beat them at last year. No. There was one in the first year we came back. We won the second game. There was. Right. Yeah. So that's one. So it's so sad that we can count them like this. <laughs> it's our it's our division <laughs> rival, and we're just like. Six. And then that, we well, went about twenty years where we won like well, four. Well, yeah, they beat them. There was one year they beat them somewhat recently when Roethlisberger didn't play. 
Yes, mm -hmm. I remember that. I, I think it was a that. Charlie Batch game. I do believe. we want to go about eight? Or do we let's start uh, like uh, with a number, and then do we want to go higher or lower than eight? I did you say six originally? I did originally, but then I started thinking we beat them in the first year. We right. beat them twice, twice in twenty. In twenty, right. so that's three. Right we there. They had the random. Game we are counting I... the playoff win, right? Yeah. The yeah. playoff win in 2020. That was a yes. win against the Steelers. Okay. And are we count? And we're counting our right. victory on Thursday. But I think they only didn't they only beat didn't they only beat Roethlisberger like two I think times? He was like three and I think six might be right. Okay. I don't know. I feel like we I, got beat. I, I thought six was low when I said I it. Like that's we, why I kicked it. To I eight. feel like we got a couple more lucky ones against some backups over the years, but I'm not really. I sure. I don't think so. No. Uh, six or seven. All right. Okay. What's the final answer? What do you say, guys? Okay. I, don't know. I want to go higher. You want to go higher? Let's go seven. Let's go seven. Nine. Okay. Oh, nine. 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 All right. Yeah. All right. So we're over two. Whatever it is, is, is putrid. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. is putrid. Okay. All right, Mike. Okay. Is, Here Mike we go. Is, Next one. Mike is telling me we got to think faster because there's wish, only four minutes left. Do wish that was so a go ahead, Jen. Question yeah. number three. No, we gotta do it quicker. All right. Question number three. What is the largest margin of victory in a Browns? Steelers game ever two, two points. Probably. This was the one Jason got correct. By the way, wasn't it 50? Didn't the Browns win a game against them once like 50 to nothing or 49 to nothing or 55 to nothing. This is ever right. Yeah, I think 50. I think they beat them 50 something to nothing. I, I think we beat them 51 to nothing. Was it 51? Once. I can't remember the exact score. I'm going to lock that in as my 51. final answer unless you guys uh, are sure. I'm they wrong. did oh, crush them. No, I don't remember the exact number, I but I think okay. it was 50 something to nothing. The Browns won. I agree. I 51. Let's go 51. 51. Nay, you are just magic. It is. Yeah. There we go. 1989, a 51. Yeah, that was a good Browns right. team. All right, this next one. We're ready for number four, Mikey. Okay. Only two voters voted against the Browns move to Baltimore. Oh, I think I know Who that. Buffalo and Cincinnati, Browns? right? No, no. I, th I thought it was Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. One's the Rooney's. Yeah, I think it was Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Right, right, right. I think right, right. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. That's what I'm going to go Buffalo, with. Unless you guys – are you sure I'm wrong? I know uh, one's the no, Rooney. Okay. I, I know for a fact one's the Rooney. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, they, could it be Pittsburgh and Buffalo? Plus it could be Pittsburgh and Buffalo. I, I, I want to say Pittsburgh and can Cincinnati. I, can I interject real quick? Yeah. It is either Buffalo or Cincinnati. <laughs> You jerk. You know it's going to break let's, these men. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back in time. Go back in time. I would think that Cincinnati would – would Be not motivated. want that to go. They want the Battle of Ohio. Right. It's, it's good for them. So, yeah, but Buffalo is like our, our is, the, is the other option. They're our Russ Bucket. They are cousin. Russ Bucket friends. Yeah, they are. They're and like I could see them saying, "I'm standing up for mm -hmm. Cleveland." Hey, we stick too. I think it's, Pitt, that, uh, I think it's Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, but I, I don't know. You, I wasn't here in '99. Yeah, I, I, I'm going Pittsburgh and Cincinnati yeah. too. Final answer. Let's lock it in. Let's, let's lock it in, Jen. All right, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. The answer is. Oh, no! Now I hate Cincinnati even more. Oh, that's terrible. My bad. I think I influenced you negatively. No loyalty. No loyalty. What a jerk Mike Brown is. Well, yeah. you know what? We should have we should have done the reverse math on that. Yeah. He hated yeah. Art Modell. Yeah. That's true, because he fired his dad. Yeah. So he wanted them to move just so Art Modell would be vilified in this city mm. forever. Jen, thank you for exposing I mean, our yes. ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're just warming up, guys. Okay, that was fun. This, last one, this one's a, a golden one. Okay. Oh. This 1986 movie starred multiple Browns players, Tiny oh, yeah, Tim, yeah. and a live... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got it. Yeah, it's Masters of the Gridiron. Masters of the Gridiron. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you guys, there you go. Snubbed by the Academy. Okay, I, I've got to tell you, I found the VHS. Yeah. Like, this, no. is, this is I don't VHS. think I've ever seen that. Oh, we got to do a whole no. breakdown on it. Was it better than draft day? <laughs> it was. You know what? Your, dad, your dad's great in that, by the way. Zen, what'd you get oh that from? Gosh. United Way? Was that say United Way at the bottom? <laughs> yeah, it was a United Way fundraiser. So my dad, it is like sea level quality. Like Mike Brown is resting But I gotta tell you, when the kids, when our kids get together, like Dan Fikes kids and Mike Bath, they all refer to their dads by the names like Clay Rock and Barbarian. Vine Thor. No it's funny. If no they one. remake that movie, it's going to be huge. It's the second release is going to be mm. way bigger than the first. I promise. <laughs> That's yeah. really good I will say this: in doing research 
40,000 copies were made and they all sold out. And it was a fundraiser for the hey, United Way. There so you go. For- Listen, that, again, that goes speaks to the Browns large fan base. Yeah, across it does. The same one that was pissed. Yep. On yeah, Sunday. That's right. The quality of the product is irrelevant to us. We'll buy it regardless. We'll buy yeah. it regardless. Yep. <laughs> low, low budget, low level quality. Okay. I felt like you guys, it was the opening round of this trivia. Yeah. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. It's all going to work out. Yeah, I believe in you. Jen, that was pretty good. Jen, I enjoyed that. That was pretty good. Thank you, Jen. Jay, for you to get 51 to nothing, the exact score, yeah, yeah. I'm That was good. Listen, we didn't have men, we didn't have many of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You locked those into your memory. Yeah. Yep. You know, you locked those in. When you only kiss one girl in high school, you remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jen, eight. thank you. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks, Jen. Bye, guys. See, in, 80, in 89, right? Yeah. The only thing I could get in Chicago was Chicago Bears games. Oh, yeah, you could get, wow, a Browns, yeah. could get a Browns game. And it wasn't no streaming service going on. You know, quickly <laughs> before we turn the page to Guardians, I want to see if you guys remember this. Seeing the United Way, they used to have a really big partnership with the NFL. Do you guys remember the two-minute warnings, Alcoa? Yeah. And, and the... Um, you make the call. Yeah, you make the call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah They would right. run it at the two-minute warnings yeah, yeah. of games. I do remember You that. make the call. Yeah, yeah. presents, yeah. You, you make, make the, the call. call. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was fantastic. <laughs> By the way, in those. two weeks, they'll play the Chargers, so we'll get to do bad oh. Chargers trivia. Oh, okay. I bet I bet that game a couple of years ago uh, yeah. around Christmas where tickets mm. were going for two bucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. I bet that one's going to come up. So let's go bone up on our Chargers, Chargers. Yeah. trivia. There yeah. right. can't be that much of it. Lightning All right, both uh, take us to Guardians because yeah. I, I know you're as excited as I am on this. So, yeah, like I said, I spent my most of my podcast on it today. Um, the team deserves more coverage and more credit. Uh, first of all, on a, uh, Terry Francona, it's going to be interesting. Like, I'm a little biased, and I think he should definitely win a manager of the year. I, I, However, you can make a really good case it. for Scott, Scott Service of the Mariners as well. Sure. They haven't been in the playoffs job. in over 20 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. But I think Frank Cohen is going to win it because Mariners have a lot higher payroll than the Guardians do. Yep. Um, and what the Guardians have done to the Twins, they have just put them away with these last two weeks where they, where they, the way they've played with How the Twins. How Rosario? Oh, yeah. Ahmad Rosario, oh, my God. He's hit out of his get him out. They can't get him out right now. He had the eight hits in the doubleheader on Saturday. Yesterday, stole two bases, hit a three-run homer. Uh, And you know what was huge? Is that they didn't have to use Classe and Karinczak much in these last few games. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the guys should be fresh. They didn't use them. Both those guys were off Sunday and Monday. So, now heading into the biggest series of the year against the White Sox, they have those guys fresh, which they needed that breather. That's huge. But the lineup's been great lately. You know, we talked, remember a couple of weeks ago, some of the guys were starting to panic about the lineup. I'm like, listen, ebb and flow. This is how they've been. Mm-hmm. Well, they're flowing right now. Yeah, and now, now let's, let, let's hope that they don't go the other way. And it could happen, because but if it, it does, you don't want to see it these Ill three times. games. I don't no. love that Savali's pitching the first game of this series. Yeah, I don't either. Dylan Cease has been their best guy. He may be the Cy Young. I mean, yeah. he, they have a huge, but think about this, Jay. The White Sox got all the pressure. They do. They got all the pressure. We've got a four-game cushion coming into this. Only thing the Guardians can't have happen is a sweep. That's exactly right. Even if they lose two out of three, not that any of us wanted to happen. They pick up one game. That's it. They're still three up. Yep. I hope we don't show that clip. Just don't sweep. Yeah. I I hope that clip doesn't come I know. I know because I look at the percentages all year long. What's their percentages to make the playoffs? Currently, the Mm -hmm. Indians, Guardians, are at 89.5%. Right. Yeah. Uh we just watched 99.9% go down yeah. the drain. Yeah. Sure. So, th- this is nothing. Right. I mean, this is you know, a team with heart. This is yep. a team that, with heart that plays yeah. well. And leadership. And I got to tell you, um, I asked you about the crowd that was there at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. What was the announced attendance for Saturday's second game? Do you I'll remember? I'll tell you. I don't know. I don't remember the announced attendance, but I remember looking around, and, and it was a really good crowd. Good. Like for, it was. I, Last been, night, yesterday wasn't I've great. Been, well, you don't expect yeah. it on a day game. Right. But it's a good sign. I've been to a, I've been to a number of games this year and I, where I've been disappointed, and I looked around, and I was and I actually commented. I'm like, I'm glad that we turned out tonight. Good. And they yeah, did. That, yeah. That's now, huge. Now just, watching them slowly trickle, like the 13th, they're like, I just can't anymore. Well, the Browns <laughs> play tomorrow. I, I have some friends that left. Too. Uh, yes, they need, and the final nine games of the year at all at home. Yeah. Three with six Tampa Bay, which will be tough, and then six against the Royals. Hopefully, the fans will come out. This team deserves it. They, again, if they go 10 and 5, which is not unreasonable, mm-hmm. especially since nine of their 15 are at home and nine of their 15 are against the Rangers and Royals. Right. They go 10 and 5, they win 90 games. I and you, the magic I, number is now 12. 12. 
Okay, so 12, yeah. and they have how many games left? 16? 15 games 15. left. 15. So, just say, just say of the 15, say you go 7 and 8. Right. The White Sox just have to lose five games the rest of the year. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. So, they've got to go... 11 and 5. Right. Uh, They'd have to go 11 and 4. Right. Yeah, they can only lose 11 Okay, so I mean, we're, we're I can see why it's an 89% we're, chance. We're sitting in the, it's ours to lose, right? Oh, it's yeah. Ours. It's ours That's to right. Lose. But I, I, I'll go back to this. We talk about it uh, this week. The teams take on the personality of the manager. Yeah, they do. Of the, of, the, of, the, of the lead dog, right? Right. And I will tell you, Francona has done a masterful job. Masterful. Masterful He's job. He's been fantastic. And his his demeanor, what was that, two weeks ago when he was going irate on yep, the referee? Yep, got tossed. Right? Right? Yeah, so yeah. We don't have to look behind the crowd to see what happened behind the bench. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Be like, no. And well, all the players saw it, right? And not only yeah. that, Brad, but then you go to the next level. Who's the leader on, of the players? That's it's, Jose Ramirez. Yep. Ramirez. He's, He's your talker. best player. He's your best player, mm-hmm. and he plays he the busts hardest. his ass every time. Yep. He took less money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw that into the mix. And all he those young guys see that multi-millionaire Absolutely. doing that. Yep. He is. He never doesn't hustle. And never. I'm, I'm glad you said that because as we as we talk about others, with the, specifically the Browns, although we're on the, on the Guardians, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Young people, when they see certain things, they emulate it. Right? That's right. Absolutely. So if you, if you sit out practice, if you sit out practice, you're telling a young person, it's okay to sit out That's practice. Right. Jose Monday. Ramirez never wants right. to be out of line. He's ever. There. And if you take accountability, yep. young guys look at that. So I got to be accountable. And coaches, I, I played for a coach once who said, he, he pulled me aside and said, I need you to be my thermostat. And I said, yeah. what, the, what the hell is that? <laughs> that you yeah. need me to be your thermostat. He said, you need to be the guy that sets the temperature mm-hmm. in the room. And they will acclimate to that right. based on you. Yes. If you're sulking, the temperature in the room is going to go, go down. down. Yep. yep. If it's right. six to two in the seventh inning and you're the top step of the dugout, mm-hmm. the temperature of the room is going to go up. Yeah. Be my thermostat. And, and, and he is and, their thermostat. Yes, no doubt. And, we, and we've been talking about it. I don't know who the hell the Browns thermostat and, is. And I know I'm putting the cart before the horse a little bit, and people in Cleveland get nervous when you do this. I get it, but I'm not going to be, I'm not living in my fears. So if the Guardians, like people have made a big deal about how the Guardians have not played well against some of the better teams, and I agree. However, this is not apples to apples, okay? In 2015, I'll give you one example. There's many, but I'll give you one. In 2015, the Cubs went 7-0 and against the Mets in the regular season. 2015, not 2016, 2015, 7-0. Kicked their ass in seven games. I don't think any of the seven games were close. Mets swept them yeah. in a series in the playoffs. Yeah. Why? Because in the playoffs, I could set my rotation exactly the way I wanted. Yeah. Things are different. In the regular season... If this were the playoffs, we wouldn't be pitching Aaron well, Savali in game Pil- one. Not everybody can set their playoff rotation. Well, that's true. If you're fighting for a wild card spot, and that's then you true. have to play yeah. that wild card Fair. series now. That's true, so, but I'm yeah. assuming the Guardians, if they clinch the division, will clinch well, it well, early well, enough where it's not the last day I or would two. hope so. I would think. Because that's the and best then they advantage set the rotation. you can get. And the Guardians, what's their strength? Okay, Pitching. their top three starters are reliable. Certainly their top two are very reliable. Third guy's reliable enough. Their bullpen is awesome right now. Yep, Even yeah. some of the fringe guys have all been really good. The lineup, yeah, there's some holes in the lineup, but at least right now, at least, Straw's been decent. Uh, he's been playing well. Got me a couple stolen bases. Right. I love you, Miles. <laughs> no, and he's hitting the hell out of the ball. <laughs> and he's he, been hitting lately. At one point yesterday, he was 12 for his last 25. And I'll tell you something else that's been under the radar. Early in the season, their defense was eh. It's gotten better. It's yeah, not great. I, it's not great. I think it's great up the middle where it has to be. Oh, it's fantastic up I the mean, middle. I mean, Jimenez is a gold glove second baseman. It's gotten better. Like, in the corners, it's gotten better. And even first base, which, which is not Baylor's great. gotten a lot better. He's improved. Yes, he has. Right? He's gotten better as the season has gone. Can Watching Quan on the Saturday. Jimenez and Rosario in the middle are like, they, yeah. they but, share a brain, And then you got Straw and Quan in the outfield. And Jose is tremendous at third. He is. The defense has gotten much better. Let me comment on what you just said because you you're apropos with this. Yeah. Right? The regular season and the postseason are two different things. Two different, two different things. Yeah. The other thing I want you to know is there's no pressure on the Guardians. We're not even supposed to be here. 
So that's true. if you come in higher ranked than me and you ran me through the season, you're supposed yep. to run me. Yeah. All that's I need right. to do is get off to a good jump, and then that's right. guess what? Then the nerves come in, and then you're like, and I get and everybody it. start playing a little tight. You're right. You put yourself in the game. The thing that you have to be scared about the Guardians is this: pitching, managing. They're not gonna be. We're not gonna be mistake a mistake free uh, mistake a mistake led team. We're not right. gonna do a whole lot of mistakes. Right. You got to play right against us. Sure. Well, right? here's the key, and I, and it hasn't yeah. been this team's strength, but lately it, they, they've been doing well in that department. Steve and Mike, can we put up the graphic, the the um, six runs plus six run graphic again? Uh, I, yeah. I, I really wanted to hone uh, in 94 on that. On this is an unbelievable stat. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, six mm-hmm. runs is a lot of runs to score. Yeah. But to be 44 and one. When your team scores six runs, that's the best in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And look at the two teams that Houston are up there. The, right. the Astros and the Dodgers. And each of those have at least double-digit more wins right now than the Guardians right. do. Mm-hmm. And most teams are going to have a good – like even the well, White Sox who are 23rd still have a good record. You better have that, a good record. But, you know what's the most shocking part of that thing, the whole stat, though, is? The Guardians have more six-run games than the Astros. And we talk about this Guardians offense. That doesn't being make any luster. sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't that, make any sense. And, and look how many the Dodgers have. The Dodgers have. Well, Dodgers have 62. 62. I mean, they, yeah. they have. Yeah, we that, have 45. That just means we score all ours at once in games usually, or we have big scoring games, and then we you have a game where you score. We score one well, run. There's a lot. I of am surprised that the Guardians have scored six plus runs in 45. But do you games. know how I th- 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 that come playoff time? Right. That is huge. Yes. And the way their bullpen has pitched mm-hmm. this year. If I'm handing out letter grades right now, and I know that's dangerous because it's not over, mm-hmm. but the bullpen pen for me gets a solid A, maybe even an A+. Plus. Oh, yeah. I They've don't think there's any doubt been about it. Tremendous. They've oh, been you know, outstanding. But you know who said that? Lynn Barker told you that. Yeah, he was you're right. When he was when, in. Yeah. When, he was right. in, when he was in a month, month and a half ago, yeah. he, he said, said that. that's the key. Yeah. He said that's the key because I mean, they got the bullpen. You can and, shorten and, games. Get it right. to five innings, six inning games. And mm-hmm. I think right now – the, listen, the Astros are the overwhelming favorite in the American League, and they should be. And the Dodgers they got a great the rotation. League. They got a, great, a really good bullpen. Not as good as the Guardians, but it's really good. And, and their lineup is, is loaded defensively. Too. Battle-tested, no yeah. doubt. They're the overwhelming favorite. But right now, there may be sexier teams for general fans out there mm-hmm. uh, with bigger names. But I think the Guardians are right on par with the Jays, the Rays, the Mariners, and the Yankees. I believe that. I agree that. I, I agree think too. they can beat any of those teams. Yeah, if they play the Astros in the playoffs, I want them to win. I, I wouldn't pick them to win. I don't, I'm not picking anybody to beat the Astros. doesn't mean it can't happen. It's baseball. That's the great thing. Right, it's not right, the NBA right, yeah, where right, when one team's much right, better. They always right. win. But against any of these other teams, but but I, I understand why fans are a little antsy because they've been bad in the playoffs since 2016. They won the first two games in 17 against the Yankees. Haven't that won a playoff it. game since. Yep. yep. But I'm all in on this team. I'm excited to watch them. I love the scrappiness and the toughness and the fight that they show. They're never out of a game, right. never. There's never a game outside. The only game I can think of that was like they had no shot was that one game, the makeup game against the White Sox. It looked like they were dead. Remember last week? Well, they, they, they waved they, the white flag. They kind of did. They knew out- they were going against Lance Lynn. Yes. And they just they had a call-up start. Yes. And the, but outside of that. But I was fine with that because what they were doing was setting their rotation for the right. Minnesota series, right. which they ended up taking four out of right. five. Mm-hmm. If you look at the pitching matchups in this series, it's Savali is going to be a loss in my I mean, Dillon, they could pull be, it out, but never but Dillon sees, It's a huge it, edge for the White Sox. probably one or two for the Cy Young. Yes. Then you've got Tristan McKenzie against Lance Lynn. Lynn I think is that's a, a wash. It, it, I don't know. McKenzie's like 10 and 11 this year, I right. think. Right. Yeah, he's but, got a losing record. His but, ERA is pretty solid. I was at the game at Progressive earlier this year, just yeah. about a month or so ago, when McKenzie had like 15 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. He threw 95 pitches, 75 were strikes. Hmm. I, I cannot yeah. believe how much he pounded the strikes. I, I so, don't put much into the record but Lance for me. Lynn's but a, a, a Lance really Lynn's really good. He's pitched great lately. But Bieber against Cueto. Cueto's a guy that can give he's you a no hitter, well. or yeah. he can get you know he can get ding. He's been surprisingly good, but Bieber's been lights out. Maybe. Bieber, the last 10 starts Vintage have been Bieber. Shane Bieber. Yeah. So Vintage I think. Bieber. The key here is, I think, again, they're kind of waving the white flag. Tito is putting his horses at the back end of this series, primarily because he had to get through Minnesota first. Right. But between McKenzie and Bieber, you're going to win one of those. You should. If you do that, you only give up a game in the standings. You have a three-game lead. And... Yes, you do have the Rays, well, you're but doing, you're doing you, have, you have six you're doing against math. the Royals. And you also got the Rangers. You got they, the Rangers, they're not that, good. That they, they should dominate yeah. that what I, series. What I like about what you're saying is it is it is basic math. 
here. Yeah, you can start we, counting wins. Here, we start counting wins and losses. Here yep. it is. And it that's don't right. have to be all my wins and all my losses. Yep, that's right. right. No, yeah, and that's yeah. how I set Very my game on. This, and I'll be, this is how I walk myself into the playoffs. F- f- imagine how different you'd feel right now if we were three games down. Oh, mm-hmm. Of course. It'd be a hard mountain to climb. It's going to be an interesting test because they're facing, like you said, they're facing three good starters in the series because even Cueto, who's there, and those are their top three starters, Chicago. Absolutely. Cueto's been their third yeah. best guy. Ooh, yep. got three games. Um, three. But but then in Texas, you're going to face John Gray, used to be with the Rockies. He's like a pretty solid starter. And then in Tampa Bay, I think you're going to face... I haven't Je- looked that far ahead. If we, if we, if we, I, mean, I, I did look at I think they had Jeffrey Springs, who's come out of nowhere this yeah, year, no, had a great year. Well. The, all their pitchers are good in Tampa yeah, we Bay. Take all their two starters. out of three. Oh, that's, it's over. That, if, they that, if we take two out of three, I would think that... It's over. The magic number's eight. To a level that is... I don't think it's... I don't think there's nobody coming coming back. But I do think the Guardians... And I know they won't, unlike the Browns. They can't take their foot off the gas because no, no. I don't think the no. White Sox are going quietly in these last two weeks. I, yeah. Until that number it, yes. over the Guardian says 100% yeah. where there's an X next to their name yeah. in the standings. The clinched. Even if it says 99.9 like no. it currently yeah. does for the Yankees, I'm not buying it. I don't no. think that, I don't think I'm not buying 99.9 ever again. I don't, I don't think that's in Francona's makeup. I think he don't play it all the way out. I think they will win not, the division as long as they don't get swept. Even if they get swept, I still think they got a shot. But I think we'll all be very nervous if, if they, they get, get swept. swept it's it's going to be it's going to be a yeah, long last two yeah, weeks. Yes, both Cleveland Sport, uh, both Cavs, or I mean, both Guardians and the Browns at the top of their division. Did you guys ever think you'd see it? Here we are. <laughs> uh, we're killing it, Cleveland. Positive, Mike. Great, man. Positive. Oh, all right, man. there's five minutes left because um, I got to get out of here at one. I, I, I got to. Uh, yeah, me too. I got a massage, baby. I Let's go. Roll. Wow, <laughs> I, I wish that was my appointment. It's not. Stop. Are you, got, are you guys going look, together? Look, look. All right, no, look, no, no, no. I'm doing the massage. That's what I thought. Well, you're tight, boy. That's a skit. That's a skit. Oh right there. my god. That's a skit. Yep. So I'll probably blow off my my uh, final take, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bull, go ahead. All right. So I, I just wanted to spend more time on the Guardians and more time on Terry Francona because, you know, sometimes people think if you're critical of somebody at times, it means you don't like them or you're being a hater or whatever. I've criticized Terry Francona on occasion over the decade now that he's been here. Uh, he doesn't always get it right. Nobody ever does. But if you think about it, it, it when it's not going well for the Guardians or when they've kind of fallen apart in the playoffs a couple of times, people have been really harsh with him and I, to me it's crazy this guy is the best manager in the game and I don't think people in, in I, I think some people the diehard fans understand but I don't think everybody realizes how lucky we are to have this guy and the fact that he's wanted to stay in this market when he probably could have gotten paid more somewhere else many times but he this is what he wants to do we always talk about and we're we obsess on this with the Browns we want guys who want to be here. They want to be here. Well, this guy wants to be here. When he's done in Cleveland, he's done. He ain't going to manage somewhere else. This guy is one of the greatest managers, not only now. Always, to me, he's the best manager now. But he is one of the greatest managers, I believe, in the history of the sport. He ended a curse in Boston. He came one win away of ending a curse here in Cleveland. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, well, but listen. There, I know. As bad as that was for Guardians fans, and I get it, I, I you know. It was still quite an accomplishment. Honestly, that roster, the way it had been devastated by injuries, had no business getting to the World Series. And people that have killed years later, Kluber and Andrew Miller, should be ashamed of themselves because those guys had were, were shot. Well, what choice did they have? They had nobody else to pitch. Mm-hmm. It was remarkable that they even got there, even though it's heartbreak at the end. Terry Francona is a baseball freaking icon, and we should appreciate it more. Um, let me tell you about the benefits of being booed. Uh, when I started doing stand-up, maybe 15 years ago or so, I started. Uh, I was real bad, um, and I used to get booed quite a bit here and there. People can be quite rude, it turns out. Uh, since then, I get, I've been booed a lot less over time, more because I don't perform as much as I used to. It's a numbers game. No, I got better at it. I got used, you, what you do is you get used to getting booed. You build a callus uh, over time. I start, when I started doing stand-up, I started emceeing uh, about every other weekend at the Cleveland Improv when it was in the flats, still in the powerhouse, which is an urban room. It was uh, mostly black comics and a, and a black crowd, and they can be, uh, they'll let you know if you're doing poorly. They're happy to let you know if they don't like what you're doing. They'll let you know if you're doing real well, too, and that's uh, convenient. Um, but either way, they'll let you know. When I started doing it, I didn't deserve to be there. I wasn't ready, and I would go out and uh, get booed pretty regularly if they didn't like what you were doing. Now, when that happened, I wasn't like, how dare you? Do you know, this is my art, people. I got booed because I deserved to get booed at that point. I wasn't good enough yet. 
And, I, and I, it was going to take me some time to, in order to stop getting booed. Now, the hard part was, as an MC, that also meant that you couldn't boo and just leave. You also had to keep going back out and bringing the comics up. <laughs> and it's not like they forgot that you, you from before. I'm like, hey, how'd you guys think of that guy? Like, boo you again. I'm like, yep, it's me. Glad you remember. Let's bring out the next comic. And you also do announcements. So I'd be like, in honor of Cinco de Mayo, it's $5 off Corona buckets. They're like, boo. We still remember you. So I would get booed and then I would uh, go home and I would try and get better because you don't want to get booed anymore. That's the, whole, that's the whole thing. But I was never mad at the crowd for it. I was hired to do a job there and I came up short. Um, now, I wasn't necessarily in the best position. No one came there to see me. They usually came to see Sinbad or Earthquake or something like that. <laughs> and I just happened to be opening up the show, but I'm a part of that show. They were told they were coming to an entertainment experience, a comedy show. They presented me, and then I failed at my job, and so therefore I got booed. And I wasn't like, I, I didn't think it was my fault. I didn't think it was their fault or anything like that. I just tried to get better in the next game. Um, and that's my recommendation to you, uh, Mr. Garrett, is recognize that people uh, who are responding that way feel like you're coming up short at your job. That doesn't mean they don't like you. That doesn't mean that they don't like what you've done in the past. It doesn't mean that they don't believe in you anymore. It just means this is how we feel that you're doing right now, and it's really bad, and we want to express that. And that's their right. And I don't think I'd prefer that people didn't boo, but it's a reality. And, there's, and trying to just yell at the people who are booing in response to that, rather than trying to improve whatever you're doing that's making them boo, is pretty silly. And so I would recommend, uh, I, I can speak to the value of being booed because it does help you. It's, it's, uh, it, nothing motivates you to improve and to get them to stop booing you like being booed. So uh, embrace your boos, Miles. Very good. <laughs> well said, Mike. Uh, let, me, let me just, I'm going to come on the heels of that, but I want to tell you about when I was, you know, when I played for the Pistons, learned a lesson right so when I got to Detroit uh, which was the nemesis of my old team the Chicago Bulls I really didn't like the guys I, I went to the team I, and I was in the locker room I was like I don't trust any of you guys right and I learned a valuable lesson in my days in Detroit I thought they were all just nonsensical characters and I've come to find out they were pretty good guys Isaiah Thomas's Dennis Rodman's the Bill Lambeer's Mark Aguirre's but the lesson I learned there we used to have these team meetings and in the center of the, it was team only, players only, and they'd have a big huddle at the center of the uh, practice court. And Bill Lambert would lead the thing and say, I'm going to teach you what it means to be a piston. And I used to be like, what the hell do you mean? What's it, what's it mean to be a piston? I learned a valuable lesson because it wasn't just about being a piston. It was about being from Detroit. It was about embodying the city of Detroit. And so when I bring it full circle here, I hold these things in, in front of me. If we can pan to this, Steve. This means something to a lot of people. It means something. And I want to the players of, the, of, of any sports franchise, the Browns, the Cavaliers, uh, fans of the Indians, this means something to a lot of people. It's not the team. It's symbolic of this city. It's symbolic of what these people are here like in this city. When I see this Cavalier basketball, it means something to this people. It's just not the 80,000 that are in the arena uh, or the stadium on Sunday or the 22,000 are in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on a game day. It means something. To this. And the people only want one thing. We want you to understand what it means to be from here. And it's not about how much money you make, what your performance is. We want you to embellish and revel in what the people of this town are made of, which is makes up the essence of being in Cleveland. So whether you're a Cleveland fan from the beginning or not, you're here with us, and you are, you are our representative. You're our congressional representative. You're our U.S. senator. You're our candidate, right? This is who you are, right? And I'm not talking about just from the political side. I'm talking about you're embodying who I am. You're my voice out here. And what people didn't like on Sunday was, that's not what I voted for. Two mm. minutes. Two minutes. We wrecked the entire nation of Browns fans' <laughs> feelings. And you're going to redeem yourself on Thursday. You're going to have to do that. Yep. Right? And if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the people that you wrecked their feelings on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm a card-carrying member. And I want some redemption on Thursday.
You gonna let him down, Browns? We just found our, down? We just found our leader. There, yeah, there he you is. go. Right yep. here. If nobody on the team's gonna step up and do it, we'll have him come in and brave. I vote for you. Well, it only, yeah. co- it only comes from the booze, right? I, 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 exactly. I, 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 that is our shield. This is I it. Know. That's our shield. I don't yeah. need a. I don't need a logo. I don't need a symbol. Mm-mm. This right here, these little stripes. That's yep. all I need that's to know. It. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I've got a minute. And I'll try to do it in, in less than that. Uh, I'm I, I'm on the boo train too. I wanted to speak directly to Miles Garrett. We were hard on him yesterday. I've had 24 hours to settle down. I was hoping he would pull his comments back. I'll pull some of mine back. I still think it was wrong, but I want you to understand that this is family love, what you got. When you screw up, no one's quicker to tell you about it than someone who cares about you, your family. And look at it as a sibling relationship. We're your brothers. We're sitting there, and your sisters. We're sitting there for three and a half hours. We've invested time. We've invested money. We want your best. We didn't get your best. So we let you know about it. You should be thankful that we care that much. If we didn't boo you, that would be a bigger problem. We'd be in Miami. We'd be mm-hmm. another city. Or the it, LA Chargers. It, it, we'd be the Chargers. <laughs> we booed you because we love you. You're part of us. We care about you. And I guarantee you this. I'm going to speak for the 60,000 plus fans that will fill that place Thursday night. When you guys run through the tunnel and come on the field, there won't be any boos. There'll be nothing but love. Nothing but love. Just make sure that's all we hear for three and a half hours. Mm. Good point, Jay. Go get him, man. Go get him. Right. I will say when Eddie Griffin's uh, crowd was booing me like in 2007, that was not because they loved me. They really <laughs> wanted me. They wanted it to be over. They wanted me off the stage. That's not out of love. No, different thing. But yeah. still. Where, they would love you to get up on out of here. Worst heckle I ever heard, just so you guys know. Next. I swear, that was the worst one out of everything I've heard. God. Because that was somebody saying, you're not even worth telling you why you're bad. I just want this to be over. I want whatever's next. I don't even know what's coming next. I just want it to be anything but you. That was my favorite heckle and ever. And one got. last thing before we go. Yes. Joe Thomas officially announced as a Pro Football Hall of Fame Semi or quarter finalist. Yeah, he might have a shot. He yeah. might yeah. have Who a shot. Yeah. Might have wow. a shot. But it's officially official as of three minutes. How, we've got to decide how we're tailgating that yeah, whenever that happens. Because he's going like, in. Oh, yes. that's going to be bonkers. We'll figure that out at a later we're, show. we got to go. Jay's got to run. Yeah, got a 22-hour break. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about how the Browns' defense stopped the Steelers' offense. Thanks for watching. hey If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.